Welcome back to another live episode of the RAG podcast with me, Sean Anderson, the CEO and founder of Hoxo Media. Every Friday at 10, oh, 11 o'clock, sorry, um, we are bringing to you right now a Project 500 special of the RAG. Um, for those that don't know, that haven't been uh, listening to us over the last few weeks or tuning in, Project 500 is our initiative to raise funds to get 500 brand new laptops to 500 of the most underprivileged school children across the UK. The, the crisis at the moment is incredible. We've got well over a million children who just simply do not have access to the devices they need to, to study in this, in this third lockdown in a homeschooling situation. I'm joined today, as always, by Tim Rodel, the CEO of Simply Commerce, my partner in crime on this initiative. We are believing to have Chris Redmond, our other partner, managing partner of Red Holt, who uh, will be joining us within five minutes or so, probably just getting a new turtleneck on, trying to look a, trying to look a bit more smarter than every other week. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm super excited to be joined by Simon Cope, who is the head teacher of Wild Ridings Primary School in Bracknell, um, and one of the first schools to receive laptops as a result of our Project 500, and then 500 initiative. So, Simon, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, guys. Lovely to be here. Oh, pleasure. Tim, how are you this morning? Dressed up for us? I think you're getting the memo now. Starting to starting to raise your game a bit. Stepping up each week. So I've got a collar for you this week. Next week is a big surprise. You need wow. a tie, boys. You need a tie. That's oh, it. Well, I reckon when we, when we when we finish this, Simon, Tim's going to be in his wedding suit. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm going to next. That is my next plan. Tuxedo. <laughs> Tuxedo. Uh, well, Simon, I've, I've given you a little intro there, but can you do us a favour and just tell us a bit more about um, yourself and the school that you um, that you lead? Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. My name's Simon. Um, I'm the uh, head teacher of Wild Riding's Primary School in Bracknell. Uh, it's a two-form entry primary school, uh, including nursery, so we've got over 430 children. Um, I'm also currently looking after another local school as well. Um, so, yeah, busy time, busy times. I've been there. This is my fifth year now at Wild Ridings. Um, and prior to that, I was uh, uh, worked over in Sandhurst for a couple of years, but I'm originally from the Frimley area where I live. So, right. yeah, moved about a little bit over the last 10 years. But, yeah, education's in the family, both my mum and dad. Dad was a head teacher. Mum was a deputy of the same school, which is a bit bizarre. Um, yeah, so yeah, teachers in the family, so let's carry well, on. Yeah. Great to hear. And, um, I mean, before we get into the, the situation with, with what we're doing, like just paint the picture, like what, what has it honestly been like since COVID hit? Like, what's the what has your life and the school's life been like, um, individually? Um, busy, obviously. Um, just getting to grips with all the, all the new announcements that, uh, that come out from the government. Um, Trying to keep everybody safe is a really big one um, and getting that balance between the safety of the staff and the children coming into school. Um, just developing or just continue to work with the community. Uh, Sean's been really good. Uh, we're really we're really blessed with a, lo- with a really fantastic supportive community around us. The parents have been absolutely brilliant um, and been really on board um, because if they weren't, it, it could turn into absolute chaos. Uh, you can imagine you've got parents that haven't got children in they meet the government criteria or some of them don't. We've had to do our own risk assessments. Um, yeah, it's been it's been different. Um, but I think most schools around the local around the country are pretty have coped with it pretty well. Everything that's been thrown at us, um, we've done the best we can. Um, with as you can see uh, through the news, obviously some very last minute changes on the odd occasion. Uh, oh. but yeah, we just sort of get on with it with a smile on our face. And everything we do, we just know that we're doing it for the kids. And I think if, like, I mean, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. 
Um, if we had our way, we'd open the doors to everybody. Um, but unfortunately, at the moment, it's not quite safe enough to do that. So everything that we do is, is all about the children. And I think the parents are understanding that. And we can't knock how hard they're also working at home with these children, both home and away. Uh, we'd say, we, we describe it a bit like a football match. We've got our home kids, we've got our away kids, but whatever we offer, we offer the same to, to all the children. But yeah, it's been a massive learning curve, all this online learning. Um, some of our children are probably um, better equipped um, IT or with their IT than some of my teachers. So the teachers have had a learning curve as well. I think people view it from outside that actually they should all be experts, but they're not. Um, and that, they've done they've done brilliantly as well, providing what they need to provide for the kids. So I think it's good, um, and I think it's got longevity to it. And I think we're taking a lot of positives from the situation. Um, some of the things we've implemented have really benefited the school and the local community. Um, so yeah, so we, we're making the positives out of a, a out of a bit of a nightmare situation, to be fair. But um, yeah, credit to everybody involved; they've been amazing. When it comes to the the, the kind of let's just say pre-COVID. A teacher's job was a hundred percent of its capacity. Let's just say that when you when you when you're maxed out, you're busy. You're doing a hundred percent. How much more work has this pandemic created for the teaching community? Do you think? Um, it's definitely increased. Yeah, it's definitely increased the workload. But um, it's up to the leadership team within the schools to make sure we get that balance for the for the staff. So, for example, I can't speak for anybody else, but my my teaching staff on a rotor. So we do three days in, two days out. So the two days out, they're, they're, they're supporting the children at home, running the online learning. Uh, but my, my wife works in the school um, and they're in full time. And on top of that, are then providing the learning um, for the children at home. So it is a lot. Um, but when you weigh it up, the, the, there's a bit of a mix. You've got, you've got less kind of marking in the building. However, you're still then, you're now marking the work coming in from online. So... I think the workload is definitely increased, not as much as maybe people think, but in terms of the, what they've had to learn to be able to provide a service for the children that aren't in the building, that's been a big step. And keeping everything, keeping the schools on their journey for where they need to be, because lots of schools are, all, are in different places in terms of where they are on their journey. You've got some schools that are um, trying to fight to get out of um, special measures. You've got some schools that are outstanding. So you're trying to keep your journey going as long as as well as trying to deal with all of this. So, yeah, it's it's not easy, not easy. No. And what what would you t- tell us a bit more about the kids specifically and like the how many of the children in your school, um, or would you say are well equipped for this, and and how many are, are, are struggling when it comes to devices, connectivity, and all the things that are needed for this new remote accessibility. Yeah, I think I think a high percentage of them, Sean, to be fair, are struggling with this. Um, you've got uh, we've got um, many families that have got multiple siblings. Um, the ones that we're finding particularly difficult are the children that have got siblings in secondary schools um, with equipment um, because secondary schools are running full time live lessons. My daughter's currently in year ten, um, so that takes their family laptop away from the younger siblings. That's been really tricky. Um, yeah, I'd say you're probably looking about 85 percent of the of the children and families are struggling with the the IT that they've got or access to to tech at home. Lots of them have got their phones, which is lovely, but the learning that we set is really hard to see on a smaller screen. Some of them have got um, tablets, which again are good for some things, not for others. Um, some of the, very few of them have got access to an actual laptop. Um, but this is where the obviously the offer from you guys coming in the, and the provision from the DFE 
Um, but yeah, it, it is tricky. Regularly, we're having phone calls about support either coming into school or is there any opportunity we could maybe have another one? Um, because we've got all, if you've got three siblings, they're all, they all need different learning. So they can't all access the same thing. So yeah, we're, we're, we're doing the best that we can. But yeah, we're, 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 falling, we're falling short. But you can imagine times that by how many schools you've got in the country falling short. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of pressure going on. 80 to 85% are struggling. How many kids then do you think, if you had a magic wand and was like, I'm going to put a laptop in the hand of a child, how many could you personally help in your school, do you think? Um, so in terms of, so we don't, unfortunately, we don't have laptops as in as in as a school. We do now. So we've, we've been fortunate enough to receive um, 31 laptops through the DfE this year. And obviously the, the amazing contribution from you guys, which is another 10. So 41 and we've got, what, 430 children. So you can imagine that they're all going out and they're go- and you, then you've got families that need more than one. Um, I mean, majority of the families have got some sort of access, um, but they are, th- there's a high percentage that are struggling because most of them are accessing on their phone rather than an actual device that should be supporting them for learning. So, yeah, it's not easy. And then we've also got the children obviously in school. So I think lots of people think about the online learning out of school and they're struggling at home, but you've also got the vulnerable one of the government criteria is obviously the vulnerable children are in um, and they also need the support of technology. So you've got that balance as well because it's okay shipping everything out to everybody outside, but you've also got the children that really also need some support in school. So yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a tricky one, but yeah, I mean the the contribution you guys have made is going to make a huge difference to 10 of our um, vulnerable families, which is amazing. But I think I'm speaking on behalf of all schools. Um, yeah, we could do. We, we we're going to need more. Um, and I think we mentioned before this is in for the this is in for the long haul. This isn't a everybody goes back on eighth of March, all the laptops suddenly come back in and everything's fixed. Um, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, this is a this is around for this is a this is going to be around for a longer period of time. I think, and I think the children are going to need that support. So you were talking about that before, weren't you, Tim? About the longevity of this. Yeah, it's something that's been raised a couple of times when we're having conversations with people who are looking to donate. So I think sometimes the assumption is the lockdown will come to an end, perhaps three, four, five weeks, we don't know. And at which point everything goes back to normal. Um, From my point of view, the COVID lockdown has just brought to the forefront the, the issues around access to technology for kids. And we're looking at kids having digital futures, much more jobs being digital for the children that are in education now as they leave education. So from, from my point of view, it'd be interesting to understand what how you perceive the uh, the post-COVID impact of having access to technology. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we were talking before before we came on, Tim, about the fact that it, if, for example, obviously the teachers now are testing twice a week, um, all it takes is for one of those teachers' home tests to come back positive, and that wipes out that bubble. Now, when the when the children go back to normal, which isn't normal, what everybody thinks that everybody's all linked together, they're going to go back into their bubbles. We expect um, that wipes sixty children out, and that means that online learning offer needs to be there. So until this goes away, and uh, the num the the rates are going down, the death rates are going down around the country. Um, I've got a feeling, personal feeling, is this going to be around for a while? So, yeah, we're going to need to make sure that, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's even more important because um, a test can come back positive at a drop of a hat. And that could be 60 children out for 10 days. They need to do their learning. So they need online offers. 
And that's why the laptops need to be out there with the families, um, not only to support the home learning, support their learning generally, but also just in, it's just in case. And what if? And unfortunately, we don't know. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to go on for, for several months to come, I think. And that's why it's so important. The, the reality is that until everyone is vaccinated, the chances are you're going to be in and out of the bubbles being working from home anyway. So that demand for the laptops is just going to continue at least until the end of this year. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, uh, got to be careful what I say. But yeah, in terms of vaccinations of obviously the teachers who are obviously mixing with, if you add up all the children in their class, they've got 15 and above, that's 15 households they're mixing with on a daily basis. Um, yeah, to be so low down on the vaccination list is a little bit of a concern. But the testing has, uh, has added an immediate um comfort to some of the staff i think lots of the staff are quite anxious mixing with so many people people have got to understand they've also got families outside the school a bit like yeah. I'm not preaching to anybody like the nhs staff etc um, yeah. but that has meant that they know that they are walking around a building with adults that def that as far as the test results say they, they're not walking around with covid um so how, yeah it's, how, uh, it's how, an interesting how often is the testing for you so we do it twice a week so we do one on the weekend and one midweek um, so yeah, we test before we come into school. Uh, we we do it on an evening. Um, but yeah, if that test if that test was outcome positive, they don't have to go uh, what my staff call go for a proper test. Um, but the the bubble has to shut from that home test. Um, so and the self isolation starts on that period. But that means obviously the bubble would be out for ten days. So yeah, it it looks like everything's going to go back to normal. But there's still the risk of. COVID coming in, I mean, we've closed, I've had to close my nursery twice, my year two bubbles had to close twice. Um, so the talk of that the children under the age of eight don't carry COVID, the only closure of bubbles I've had are in my lower school. So it, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, and we have had ones with children as well, that's not just adults. So yeah, we've experienced what the bubble closures mean. Um, and it does add added stress to those parents because obviously they've got to look after the children, childcare issues, etc. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty tough. But that's where this the the online support <coughs> needs to continue. Um, it's not going to suddenly be fixed by March the eighth. Um, no. Yeah, they're going to need it. We don't. I mean, we, and we still don't even know if it's going to open in March the eighth. Like I was watching the, the the briefing two days ago, and they're just very. I, I feel like they've just they've just stopped trying to give us any future messaging it's just like keep going with what we're doing so you just don't know do you just just so you know I, i'm not getting the messages the the comments hitting my screen like i normally do so i can't share them but i've i've logged in on my phone just so i can see linkedin so if my eyes are looking down i'm just seeing what people are saying i've had a comment here from claire vosper who is one of you're like this tim she was one of my candidates back in the day it's about eight years ago i placed her in in, a, in an insurance company if you remember claire um Always got on well. She actually went to your school back in the day, Simon. So she said, oh, uh, really? yeah, she was a student there. Loved the school. So well run. Awesome teachers. What a nice comment. Thanks, Claire. Hope you well. Darren Ravel, who was amazingly kind enough to give us a thousand pounds on the Friday of two weeks ago, just said, so cool. You guys made this happen. Um, Darren, you guys made this happen, right? Without your money, we wouldn't be doing it. So thank you, mate. Um, just um, Simon, in terms of the actual laptops you've received can you just give us an idea of what the what they were like the standard just so people know that if they're going to donate what are they actually buying um yeah so we had the um i believe they were asus yeah they were they were high spec machines 
Um, yeah, I mean, the kids were literally over the moon. So we had, um, basically, because we got in touch with you guys through uh, one of our dads. Hmm. So um, Nick um, presented himself, the, all three of his children are new to the school. Right. Um, and so he put us in touch and put, a, put, a, put our names forward. Um, so, yeah, we sent some pictures over to Nick with the kids um, opening up the new laptops and things. But, yeah, super excited. But, yeah, I mean, personally, I haven't turned one on yet. We've had them all set up by our um, IT team. Um, but, yeah, they're really they're really impressed with the spec. Um, yeah, and they, yeah, they, they, they look really smart. So, yeah, the kids are super excited. I think they were more excited by the fact it's got like a kind of like a mini calculator on the on the bottom of the thing. They were like, oh, this is... This all looks a bit different. Bit flash. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very flash. So yeah, the the uh, yeah the children were very excited, uh, as were the team. So uh, yeah, big thanks to Nick for putting us in touch with you guys. Because yeah, without that, then uh, yeah, we wouldn't be having the tech coming through to the school. So yeah, massive thank you. Oh, pleasure. We we've reached. So so guys, for those of you that are thinking, where are you at? So we are now at thirty three thousand five hundred pounds. Which means we've, we're circa 200 laptops we've purchased now. So um, I know that this week we've sent out a host of laptops. The school that I featured last week, which was where I worked 10 years ago, they received 12 laptops, said that they're, they're really over the moon as well. I know that um, there's a special mention to the guys who run CLM recruitment. So this is one of my customers, um, three guys who started the business in lockdown, um, who have generated a ridiculous amount of money in year one. They've done phenomenally well as a business. Um, so you've got Callum, Taylor, and Jack, and they decided to donate £10,000. So a 30% of the investment that we've received is from one company of three people. Um, and they've donated their laptops to the three schools they were students at. And we got an email from um, Beale High School in, in East London today um, that they've received their laptops as well and, and how grateful they were. So it's, you know, this is the real benefit now when people start to get them and use them and and um all i can say is you know i hope they do help i wish we could help more people i wish this was you know project 5000 500000 and we had that 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 reach um we're doing our best tim you you mentioned there might be a chance we're on itv at some point what's going on there so I'm waiting to hear back, but apparently one o'clock today, they may want to speak to one of us, uh, ask a few questions, and we may get some more traction off the back of that, hopefully, fingers crossed. Wow, live on ITV. Well, uh, good job <laughs> I did my hair, wasn't it? If you can get me on TV. Um, we, uh, well, look, I, I, you know, every, everything that we're doing at the moment, hopefully, is, is, is just going to make more of a difference. Um, I, I'll be honest, we've not hit the number we thought this week. We said 40,000 we wanted to hit. We, we, we've, we've had a bit of a slow week. I think the momentum was with us the week before. Um, so those of you that are listening now, listening back on the podcast, we just, you know, I don't want to be a broken record, but but we need your help. Like, it's as simple as that. Like, if everyone put 25 pounds in, you know, and we, we you know, we're getting a few thousand listeners to every episode at the moment. So if you're listening to this back, if you can put 25 pounds in, you know, everyone who listens puts £25 in. We're going to raise, you know, £10,000, £20,000 an episode. Um, same as the guys watching on LinkedIn. If you can spare £25, if everyone who watches, who engages, who reads, can just share something small, we'll get there faster. Um, we are asking for the, for the recruitment businesses that we know to donate £1,000 ideally because, you know, corporate businesses hopefully can do that. Um, and that makes it, you know, that will get us there faster. But you know, it's not a race. It's not like we're going to hit a number and stop. We want to keep this this initiative rolling because it's it's a long term long term thing. Um, Tim, have you got anything else you want to add? 
Uh, no, no other questions. It's just really good to get that first image of the kids getting the laptops. That's yeah, let me see if I can find the picture. Hang on. Uh, Project 500, where is it? I think I've got the image on, on my phone here. There we go. <laughs> I think this is your school. It's definitely one of the first. You can just see in my laptop. Yeah, there. that's it. Yeah, so you got kids with the laptops looking happy. Um, I hope I hope they were saying cheese at the time of the photo. Um, yeah, but they were. <laughs> we'll start sharing a lot more of this on social media um, as and when more more stories come through. Um, Simon, been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Um, keep doing the wonderful work that you're doing. The fact you you're overseeing two schools, you know, it's it, teaching might be in your blood, but. You know, no one was prepared for this, and you know, I, I take my hat off, mate. You're doing a, you're doing an amazing job. Um, and Tim, always a pleasure. Let's get let's get you on Trisha or whatever it is at half one on, on ITV. Yeah. Thank you guys for yeah. Thank you guys for all the all the things you do. And I mean, it's made it, it it's it's a small amount of laptops, but you've made um, a number of children happy. And what you're doing is incredible. And I think if people can do more, um, yeah, it's all about the children at the end of the day. And you, yeah, you guys have. You guys have put some smiles on some of our children's faces and really supported some of our really vulnerable families. So massive, massive thank you to, to, to both you and all the team and everybody that's supported your cause at the moment. And long may it continue. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. So, guys, thank you for listening as always. If you want to donate, there'll be a link in this comment um, on this on this post. I'm going to put one into, into the um, LinkedIn Live right now. As I, as I click end, I'm going to add the link to the donation. But it's project500.toxomedia.com. Um, you can read, you can watch some videos, and then you can donate on there. Um, as I said, we will be back again next Friday at 11 o'clock with another live, another 20 minutes to give you an update where we are next week. Um, every single bit of help is, is, is massively important. Please, if you like what you've seen, share it, like it, send a link to your friends, to your, your clients, your candidates. Um, together, we can make a, a difference to these kids, and that's what it's all about. Um, so we'll be back again next Friday. In the meantime, please stay safe and we'll see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by Hoxo Media. We are the world's number one inbound marketing agency exclusively focused on helping the recruitment industry. Myself and my business partner started the business in 2017, having been recruiters for seven years before. We felt that the recruitment industry back then needed to change and that marketing was going to play a huge role in the way that new and existing recruitment organizations won business and stood out in such a crowded marketplace. In three years, we've now worked with over 200 organizations around the world. We reach a huge audience with both this podcast and content online, and we have over 55 recruitment agencies right now. We're managing the marketing for, so that involves strategy, content creation, distribution, systems process and leads generated. Having been recruiters and marketeers, we can not only build your brand, but we're also able to connect it to your sales team and ensure that leads are generated as a result of marketing. There's a clear ROI that leads to sales activity. But we also understand recruitment businesses. That's small businesses, medium-sized businesses, large businesses in all sectors. We understand you, we've done the job, and we can build campaigns that are super relevant to what you need as a business right now. We've also recently launched the Hoxo Academy, which is designed to help recruitment owners, recruiters and marketeers learn from the work that we do so that you can action some of this stuff in-house on your own. The Academy has been launched in May 2020 
and has already had an amazing uh, response from the market and it's only going to grow one way. So if you're interested in either having Hoxo support, you build your marketing as a, as a supplier that acts as part of your team or you want to be trained by us on how to do it yourself, then get in touch. Visit www.hoxomedia.com and register your interest on our homepage. We will then get back to you within 24 hours and arrange uh, an introductory call. Thanks again for listening to this show. Every single one of you means so much and we will see you again soon.